Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nalin. Uh, Eric, uh, big game on tap for the Longhorns this week. Uh, Texas goes to the Cotton Bowl uh, to take on Oklahoma. Uh, there was also a game this past Saturday, Texas beats West Virginia. We're going to talk about a lot of that uh, today, as well as what you think some of the key factors in that game will be uh, and what it means to the Texas program as a whole in this episode of uh, the state of the program. Before we get to that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Paul Wicks. State of the program is brought to you by Wicks Law. If you've suffered a real personal injury and need to recover real compensation, you need a real lawyer. Call Paul Wicks with wickslaw.com. Wicks Law can handle your car wrecks, truck wrecks, or other personal injury claims. Get a real deal lawyer to help when you're really injured. Really injured. Uh, visit wickslaw.com. Uh, Eric, uh, you and I talked uh, just prior to this conversation. And one of the things I brought up uh, that you kind of agreed with is the impact potentially of this game on the program at this point. Um, Texas sits at three and two. Oklahoma's at three and two. Uh, but this is one of those games that could vault Texas forward from a momentum standpoint uh, and put them into the second uh, quadrant of a league play with a two and one league record, or they could take a step back. Um, how important is this game uh, in your mind as far as Texas's uh, desire to, to have uh, that momentum and trajectory going forward? Well, I think it's a lot more important than Brent Venables made it out to be. <clears throat> you know, Texas OU is never just another game on the schedule. I think Mac Brown tended to fall into that trap as well at times. Uh, you know, it's just going to be human nature that you're going to get up for your rivals more so than than another team, you know. Uh, and so I think I think Texas is going to embrace this, especially the way last year uh, transpired. You know, I think West Virginia was the beginning of the revenge tour they're going to go on. Uh, and, and, you know, this is a good chance to exercise those demons from last year. You want to get that behind you uh, once and for all. Uh, you know, that was such an uncanny loss that that really sent the, that program spiraling last year. And this year the game could have the opposite effect. Yeah, it really was. I mean, last year. We talked about it, and, and Rod Babers in the post-game show uh, with us uh, on Texas football mentioned the idea of Texas exercising its demons from a year ago. Okay, you know, and and I think that's a great way to put it, right? I mean, that that is the idea that the whole downward spiral a year ago started with that second half against yeah. OU and the collapse. After that, Oklahoma State. After that, the next one. The next yeah. one. The next one. The next one. You know, this is a chance to, for the Texas players to prove that it's truly a changed team this year right. and a changed culture generally. Right. Yeah. You know, through the first four games, you could kind of get by saying that, you know, it's an improved uh, team, even though the record might not reflect it. Uh, right now, going forward, the, re the record has to reflect it if you want to be able to say that you are an improved team. Uh, I think they clearly are an improved team. I think OU is not an improved team. I think that's just as clear. Uh, and so, yeah, this is a big win just because it's a rivalry, but also because it's a game that they should win. What What do you make of OU? I mean, Ooh. we 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 well, say that, but they went up and beat the tar out of Nebraska. Now, Nebraska may not be, yeah. be very good, and Nebraska got fired immediately there. Or, no, he was fired before the OU game, I think. But long story short, I'm just – you know, what do you make of OU on defense in particular? I think they are who they are on offense right now, depending on who the quarterback is. But on defense, they started off pretty well. But the last couple yeah. games, they haven't played well. Has that been solely because they faced a running quarterback? Or do you think there are 
deeper issues there. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Uh, well, first of all, I have a lot of sympathy for uh, Brent Venables, and that won't be popular on the Texas Internet. But he got, he, he, you know, he signed up for it. Obviously, he knew that it was going to be tough to keep that program together, especially after the way uh, Lincoln Riley was poised to gut it. Um, so I, I do have a little sympathy for him. Uh, he's in a tough spot. Uh, obviously fans don't really, um, adjust for context very often. And so, you know, he's probably not going to get the benefit of the doubt that he probably should. Um, but you know, on defense, they have a lot of issues that aren't going to get fixed in one week. You know, there was, uh, we, we've seen these types of, uh, games. They gave up 670 yards to TCU. Uh, Texas fans would, would sort of try to talk themselves into this being a, a, a quick fix or, or maybe it's possible, but the fundamental breakdowns we saw, uh, the lack of physicality, those are not things that get addressed uh, over a week. They're going to need to hit the portal hard. Uh, obviously, they've got a lot of injuries even on the defensive side of the ball. Everybody's talking about the quarterback, but they've got a lot of defensive problems uh, with injuries. Uh, but that's an uncoordinated defense, uh, and it's not a physical defense. So that's a recipe for disaster going up against Texas where uh, Sark is among the best coaches at scheming open shot shots. We just saw that this past week. Uh, and, you know, he's probably you know, a good chance he's going to have the quarterback that's that's be, uh, best suited for capitalizing on those deep shots. And then Texas is also very physical on the perimeter with their tight ends. Jordan Whittington, uh, Bijan getting outside, Rashawn getting outside. Uh, you know, they can do a lot of things on the perimeter that, that I don't think OU is going to be able to stop. Um, Sark and Venables, uh, two national championship coordinators on their sides of the ball. Right. So right. and they will match up here in Dallas this weekend. What do you make of that? Well, I mean, you know, Venables isn't going to have the, the athletes that he had at Clemson or the defensive lineman up front. Man, he had some amazing defenses at, at Clemson. Uh, he's just not going to have that. So, you know, it's they're not matching. They don't really match minds. They match Jimmy's and Joe's and mines. And so uh, he's at a supreme deficit this week. Uh, especially with, you know, Sark's Sark's drop off on skill talent isn't really much than what he had at Alabama, if, you know, not just going by recruiting rankings, but, you know, they're just like, like a year earlier than what, what what they would be in the national championship setting for Alabama. Uh, the quarterback would need another year. Uh, obviously, Bijan will be gone, but uh, Xavier Worthy, Jatavian Sanders, these guys, these are the types of offensive weapons that you can uh, light up a scoreboard with uh, pretty much against anybody. Uh, so, you know, I don't make as much of, of that matchup because Venables doesn't really have the sorts of athletes that he had uh, when he was making a name for himself in Clemson. Um, interesting. Uh, highly respected, though. Um, and, sure. but to your point, um, it's hard to put lipstick on a pig. Right. You know, yeah. you know, he's got a lot of, and, and I'm not trying to be facetious when I say that because, um, Texas fans have felt that pain, right. Yeah. Uh, last year in particular, when the defense, there was just no fixing it. Um, right. there was play harder, you know, but there was no true fixing it. Do you think that's where OU is defensively right now, or are they a little bit better off than maybe where Texas was a year ago? I mean, they may be a little bit better off because, you know, Venables is, you know, Venables has, has, has been very good at defensive coordinating for a very long time. And he's probably going to have to take on a more of a, more of a uh, role, maybe even play calling. I don't know. You know, we hear about offensive head coaches taking over play calling in the past. You don't hear about that as much with defensive, but maybe that's something that comes in, but I, no, I don't think those, those issues of guys running uh, 
you know, 20 yards behind the, the, the closest defender, uh, getting run over in the perimeter, uh, getting outran by the quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong, Duggan's fast, but he, he shouldn't be separating against safeties. Um, you know, I, I just think that they're, they're going to need to hit the portal uh, and they're going to need to give him a little time. Just, you know, much in the way that uh, Sarkeesian addressed uh, issues in the portal, uh, he's going to have to do the same. Now, one thing Sark did, and I, and I wrote about it yesterday, is as much as he went in the portal, the most uh, the, the most effective portal addition uh, so far has been Ryan Watts because of the, the Quinn Ewers injury. So Texas still hasn't even got the full bounce from that uh, that complement of offensive talent that he brought in. So that's kind of exciting. If, if you're sitting here at three and two and you're just starting to get healthy uh, and you got a chance to rebound versus OU from last year, uh, Texas is in a really good spot. But yeah, Venables has his work cut out for him. Uh, you know, that. They should be an underdog going into this game. Uh, I like UT's chances. I don't, you know, it's the, just the matchups are in UT's favor across, pretty much across the board. Yeah, I, I wrote about it today on InsideTexas.com as well about how Texas should have some level of confidence. At the same time, it's Red River. So, you know, you, you want to say, oh, well, you know, Texas should be that should be that team this year. But until they go out and prove it, they're not, right? Yeah, and we've all seen that. What was it, uh, 2015, when Texas got absolutely crushed by TCU on the road? It was 50 to seven, I believe. Um, it was 30 nothing at halftime. Um, you know, you think they're dead in the water, and then they come back and beat OU the next week. So, you know, that 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 opened up my eyes to a lot of things. You know, uh, a practice doesn't matter because the the week of practice for the OU game was terrible uh, after the TCU beat down, um, and then they came out and, and won. And so that you can't count out OU and uh, being in the same situation. Reports out of their side are saying that the psyche's fragile. Um, but, you know, it's uh, any given Saturday, any team can win. You just don't know. You don't know how the ball's going to bounce. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. And, you know, if they if OU comes out with a hot game plan and, and they, they put some points on the board, maybe Texas presses and makes some mistakes, it's always possible that you lose. But uh, going into the game, you have to like UT's matchup uh, favorability. Uh, speaking with uh, Inside Texas's Eric Nalin, publisher, uh, please consider a subscription to Inside Texas. Right now, we have a special going on $1 for one month uh, for all new members uh, to InsideTexas.com. Lots of uh, content going on this weekend or this week with the uh, big game coming up in Dallas. Uh, we, I think there's uh, going to be some stuff from Ian Boyd later this week uh, that I'm going to particularly be interested in. Some X's and O's type stuff breaking down what the Sooners like to do on offense. Um, let's let's switch to our conversation to the Sooners offense and to the Texas offense and talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, Eric, uh, what what are your thoughts on Dylan Gabriel potentially playing this week for the Sooners, the, the left-handed transfer? Well, that's another bad break for Venables because even if he's honestly cleared, uh, the politics and, and optics of it aren't aren't in their favor at all. Uh, you know, so that's, I, it's another bad break going in. Maybe it's cleared. I don't know. We don't know. Um, a lot of people, I, if you've been knocked out, it doesn't, it doesn't act. It's not like it, it, it affects you forever. Um, it's every concussion's different. Everybody's different. Uh, I've been knocked out and felt all right. A couple days later. Um, I wasn't getting ready to go play again, but, um, uh, you know, so I, I don't know if he's a uh, if he's healthy. If he's healthy, I hope they they play him and they say screw it. You know, who cares what everybody else is saying? Um, you know, if he's not healthy, hopefully they, they do the right thing and they sit him. Um, but you know, I think even going into this game, Texas has the two best quarterbacks, so that to me is not a huge scare. I think Dylan Gabriel was great at UCF. Uh, I think the step up in competition is a little bit different for him. I don't think he has. Uh, I don't think the arm talent is quite as uh, as, as as much uh, in his favor as it was uh, at a lower lower level. Um, 
you know, I think he, uh, my, my buddy pointed it out watching the game the other day that he sails everything to the right. I think uh, even Robert Griffin pointed that out on the telecast. It's because he strides too long and you can see that. Uh, and, you know, so I, I think there's, you know, I think, I think Texas has the, the favor, uh, the favorable uh, quarterback matchup, whether or not it's Hudson Carter or Quinn Ewers. Interesting. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, what I thought was interesting from listening to Brent Venables, he says they're getting three quarterbacks ready to play, hopefully. Uh, so not just Dylan Gabriel, not just, uh, I believe his name's Daryl Bevel, uh, yeah. backup, but also General Booty, uh, the uh, junior college transfer uh, from Tyler Junior College. You know, if, if you're Texas, what what are you thinking right now For if you're Pete Kwiatkowski and Gary Patterson? Are you just saying, screw it, let's just get ready for the Jeff Levy offense as opposed yeah. to – a particular player in that offense? Yeah, you're just getting ready for the offense. Uh, you know, they're not getting ready. They're not getting Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield ready. So uh, you'd have to defend that a little differently. Um, so, I, you know, I, they're, they're in a tough spot because, you know, I don't, you know, General Booties uh, wasn't in, in demand. Bevel was, I think, third string at Pitt. Um, and Dylan Gabriel, like I said, he's, he looks a lot more uh, pedestrian. Uh, at this level than they did the other one. You know, right as they showed that graphic, uh, 81 touchdowns and uh, 14 career interceptions, like, man, this guy really takes care of the ball. And then he sailed like the next four passes. And like, it's just it's just not the same game. So Texas's perimeter defense has been a lot better. They're, they're flowing to the ball. The safeties are coming up. The corners are applying a lot of pressure. Uh, at the same time, it's very hard to run the ball against Texas. So, you know, they're going to try to try to hit those spots over the middle. Uh, you know, we saw Mizzou have some success there. Texas Tech had some su success there. If Texas cleans that up, then it's going to be very hard for OU to, uh, to move the ball. Yeah. Uh, all right. What about the Texas quarterback position, uh, Eric? Uh, as we know, Hudson Card has gone two and one as a starter, performed ad admirably against uh, Alabama in relief, has seemingly gotten better just about every week. Uh, you know, I, he did not have a great second half against Texas Tech. We don't know how injured he was. Uh, but played well uh, the entire game against West Virginia, certainly a winning performance. Um, and then you have Quinn Ewers, who uh, looked like a million bucks for a quarter. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, Sark has an interesting uh, decision ahead of him. He's, I think he's already made the decision. Yeah. Uh, and we think he's already made the decision. We're not necessarily going to put it out there because it's not ours to, 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 you know, reveal. But what are your thoughts about Texas at quarterback right now, given – uh, where they're at in the season uh, with both Card and Ewers now thought we think healthy. You know, a lot of the uh, development we saw uh, for this team defense offense came in the off season. So it's, it's just kind of like these guys had their light bulb on in the off season and they came out better with Hudson Card. We've kind of seen it right before our eyes. It's been pretty fun. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the issues at Texas tech in the second half, I would put that on Steve Sarkeesian as much or more than, than Hudson Card. Um, I think he, he came, I think Sark did a great job putting uh, Card in, in good spots, good situations this past weekend, and Hudson took advantage of it. But even he made some plays that, that weren't on schedule. Uh, he stayed in the pocket. He climbed it, kept his eyes downfield, made a couple of really good throws. Um, you know, he's a, he's a very talented passer of the ball. I think uh, that kind of got lost in the shuffle with the addition of Ewers because Ewers is kind of transcendent in that regard. Uh, but but Hudson Card can make a lot of the throws. Um you know, I, I think Texas is, is going to be good with that matter who starts. But I, I think Sark kind of uh, intimated that he'll go with Ewers in this press conference. You know, he said, we're, we're the healthiest we've been since coming into the season. Um, and, you know, that's that to me says a lot. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm Ewers to me is not the type of guy that's going to sit there and be rusty for long. Um, I think he's one of those guys that rolls out of the rack ready to ball. 
Uh, and so you maybe he maybe there is a little bit of rust early on, and maybe Venables gives them some looks. But you know, Venables doesn't have a whole lot of tape on Quinn on what rattles him. Uh, and I'm not sure there is a ton of ton of uh, things that do rattle them. So they'll, they'll probably try to dial up pressure, uh, but Sark might invite that. So so we'll see if if it's yours. Uh, I think he might. Maybe he does have an iffy first quarter. Just you know, maybe there is some element of rust there. Uh, but he doesn't strike me as that sort of player. He strikes me as the sort of player to pick up where he left off. Uh, so you you know, we'll have to see. But Texas, you would much rather have Texas's quarterback room going into this than OU's. Yeah, it's 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 even though there's questions a little bit on both sides, they're just totally different types of questions, right? Um, yeah. And so uh, you wonder about that. Um, taking a step back. And going back to my original question about the trajectory of the program uh, and the momentum potentially, where, you know, where do you see this team right now, Eric, um, in in your mind? I mean, are, is Texas a good football team? Are they a potentially a great football team? I mean, are they a mediocre team? Are they less than average? I mean, or to your point, is it just from now on results matter and that that dictates the outcome? Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to uh, – you, you can't you can't have the run of bad luck last year and still call yourself a good team. You know, that's not going to happen. Um, I think they are good. Um, you know, the S&P Plus and, you know, you can say what you want about metrics. They have them at like fifth or sixth in the country. And if you watch some of those other teams outside of, uh, you, know, you know, Georgia and Georgia, even Georgia struggled against Missouri this past week. Every team's going to struggle at times. Uh, you know, Clemson had a fight with uh, Wake Forest. Uh, I, you know, on any given Saturday, Texas could beat these teams, you know, even, even Alabama, they were pouring away. They should have won. So I think Texas is a good team, but uh, you know, to be good, you have to be consistent. You know, there's a lot of guys in high school that make an amazing play. And if they did it consistently, they'd be, they'd be a, a high four star, five star, uh, but they don't, you know, it's just every once in a while they make that play. So it, it, it really is about consistent consistency, whether or not you're good. We've seen bad pitchers throw no hitters. You know, if they, if they had pitched more than like, like that, then they'd be, they'd be a good player. Um, so the program has to be consistent. I think they have been consistent in a number of ways. Uh, you know, effort has usually been there. Intensity has been there. Uh, I think focus for the most part has been there. Maybe the first quarter versus uh, UTSA was poor in that regard. Um, but for the most part, they have been fairly consistent. And if they, they remain that way, then the results will end up being consistent by the end of the season. Um, you know, I, I think of it this way and, and whether they're good, mediocre, great, whatever, uh, the answer is I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think it is the results. I think you're 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 pretty you've got a good handle of that um, and, and a good way of saying it. Uh, my thought process is right now that Texas is in this unique time period. Um, the horns are coming off five and seven. Uh, they had a great recruiting class last year. The Aggies had an even better one. Oklahoma now has a new coach that is a really good recruiter, in my opinion. Um, but this game gives Texas an opportunity to take a step ahead of their two primary regional competitors for recruits. Um, because if they go, if they're four and two and, and OU's three and three, that's a big difference. If Aggies start, uh, uh, they're, they're showing no signs of life on offense. If they start slumbering wow. even further, all of a sudden Texas becomes the, the, the program with, with the most eyeballs on it of of the in this region uh, sure. so to speak right so i think my my thought on this from a, a program wide standpoint is this is a unique opportunity for texas to kind of re-engage at that level above its its primary competitors in recruiting um your thought on that 
Yeah, I think uh, I think you're dead on. Except I thought uh, much of the same last year heading into this game. Uh, you know, Texas jumps out to a giant lead. We're at halftime. We're sitting there uh, joking about how man the Aggies have to play Alabama tonight. Uh, you know, I drove home. I'm like, well, I'm going to stop and walk to Hatchie. I got a favorite bar there, College Street Pub. Uh, I'm going to go in there and watch the Aggies lose to to A and M. The place is crawling with Aggies. Uh, I snuck out of there about, you know, in the third quarter, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings. I couldn't deal with them. It, the, the game was not the pick-me-up I needed. Ended up sleeping in Waxahachie because I wasn't going to drive after watching that and drinking so much. So, um, you know, that, so that's what I think about last year when you say that. But, you know, obviously Texas is poised to, to do that. They're, they're, they're in a better situation to beat OU than they were uh, heading into the game last year. Uh, Alabama, uh, A&M is in a worse situation than they were. They're, they're on the road. Um, you know, I – that was another one. Any game on any Saturday, they can win. You know, Calzada uh, played a really good game. And they, they showed a lot of heart in that game. Uh, I don't know if that's going to matter this year. They can't move the ball. Uh, Bryce Young's uh, shoulder, I'm not sure uh, what's going on there, but you would think that, that Saban can manufacture a win there. Obviously, obviously Vegas is is uh, high on Alabama. Um, yeah, it, it is right there for the taking. And, you know, uh, I think we should mention LSU there. Uh, Brian Kelly is 4-1, and one, but they haven't looked great. He's a bit awkward. Um, so Texas really can plant a flag this week. Uh, but if they do it this week, they have to do it next week and the, and the following week after that. So it does set up if they win. Uh, you know, they got sort of dominance over OU, at least in the short term, short, very short term. Uh, you got A&M who's, man, once you hit that stagnating stage that we saw Kevin Sumlin hit, uh, it's possible A&M hits it. Now, you know, they've got different things in their favor than they had during that uh, time period to overcome it uh, with NIL. Um, they've recruited well. Uh, but, you know, that's, Jimbo is going to be A&M's uh, biggest uh, problem, much like Tom Herman was UT's biggest problem. So I don't know how you can necessarily overcome that. So Texas is going to have the ball ball in its court going forward. Uh, but again, you know, much like much like Texas has the ball in its court in that regard, they'll have it in regard to whether or not they play in the Big 12 championship game. So they, they just have to be consistent, keep showing up with effort. Uh, they got the talent level to, to, to run, out, run the table, really. Um, you know, probabilistically it's not going to happen, but uh, it, it's very possible, you know, just, you know, lose one more game the rest of the way and they'll be in the Big 12 championship. I, I was thinking about this um, and you we were talking about stagnant and that would be a way to describe Mac Brown's last few years, yep. it, you know, and, and you mentioned Kevin Sumlin stagnating. Yep. It, it'll be interesting to see if that's really what's happening at A&M because they have such a good young class of, Right. Uh, well, um, players. Recruits pick up. It's almost like recruits pick up on the stagnation before anybody. And I, I was calling it on someone from about a year out. Um, it, you know, the recruits will realize it now. But if you can keep overcoming that <laughs> with, uh, you know, in, during wet, uh, certain ways, uh, then maybe it won't matter as much to, uh, for them. But uh, at some point, they're going to want to return on that significant investment. Uh, the problem is that they're just landlocked. Somebody said something really uh, smart. Uh, I think it was Bob in Houston said something really smart. You know, when you owe a bank a million dollars, they own you. When you owe the bank a hundred million dollars, you own them. Uh, and right now, I think Jimbo Fisher owns AM. That's interesting. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Uh, all right. Um, uh, and thank you, uh, Eric, for joining us today. The state of the program is brought to you by Wix Law. If you've suffered a real personal injury and need to recover real compensation, you need a real lawyer. Call Paul Wix with Wix Law at 972 473 6900. Wix Law can handle your car wrecks, truck wrecks, or other personal injury claims. Uh, Eric, uh, as we go in, one last question before I let you go here. Uh, as we go into the two or three days prior to uh, the OU game, is there any single factor you're really thinking hard about right now uh, as it relates to Texas in this game? 
Uh, Sark scheming the scheming versus that secondary. Uh, it really, and it, and it kind of starts uh, on the perimeter and then down the sideline. So outside the hashes, I think Texas has a good chance to uh, to really open this game up. Uh, whether that's at the at the line of scrimmage, uh, running running to Jatavian Sanders or Jordan Whittington, or down the sideline to Xavier uh, Worthy, uh, or maybe maybe even a Casey Kane. Uh, I think the outside the hashes, Texas has a significant advantage in this game. I think it's not just physicality, but it's coordination. Um, and so I think that's where Texas can really set this. I think, you know, I think Sark has a chance to uh, to kind of do what he did last week uh, and win the game in the first half. Uh, but, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a rivalry game. Uh, it could go the other way. Uh, but I just think the advantages are, are strongly in UT's favor uh, entering the contest. Got it. All right. Eric Nolene, publisher, InsideTexas.com. This has been the state of the program on Texas football. Thanks for watching.